welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Wednesday, April the 13th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's hope today, my friends. We have made it halfway through our holiest of weeks. Hmm? And, uh, and we enter tomorrow, tomorrow already, into that sacred tree dorm, the sacred three days. We'll talk more about that tomorrow, of course. But uh, today, you know, yesterday, the, the chessboard, the pieces were all lining up. We heard John's uh, rendition of it yesterday. Uh, today, we're going to hear Matthew's rendition. Very similar. A few differences, and I'll, I'll point some of those out. But uh, for the most part, we just hear similar words uh, and, uh, and the reactions uh, therein. So... Today, uh, we're going to go Matthew, as I mentioned. It is going to be chapter 26, so Matthew's gospel is 28 chapters long. The passion begins on, in chapter 26. Uh, the teachings, well, I won't say the teachings end at chapter 25. He teaches with his life in 26, 27, 28. But um, uh, 25, you know by that wonderful story of the sheep and the goats, right? The separation. So that's that's right up there when Jesus is in Jerusalem, one of his last major teachings. But today we will uh, hear Matthew 26, verses 14 to 25. We will take it from the New American Translation. So let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver. And from that time on, he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, They began to say to one another after him, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So that does sound a lot the same, doesn't it? Again, a few differences. Uh, At the beginning, uh, we see the actual betrayal by Judas. The first two verses, I want to say this is 1415, don't quote me on that. For any of you who are fans of the musical Godspell, which, hand-raised on this side, love it. I am a child of the 70s or 60s, whatever that is. It is just 
you know, it's a rock opera, but it's, uh, it's just beautiful. Um, and anyway, there is a song in the middle of it called By My Side, a gorgeous song, a duet by two women. Uh, and uh, in the middle of the song, Judas steps aside and this scripture is quoted. Um, then the one who was called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said, what are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. And then the music swells and it's, oh, it's very good. If you, so there you go. By my side, Godspell, listen to it. Tell him Joe sent you. Okay. So that, that was not in John's gospel last night, right? We, we didn't hear that, the actual betrayal of Jesus. And, well, before I, I talk about it, let's, let's just say a, a one other thing. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, now, that's the Feast of Passover. Well, again, we'll talk more about that particularly tomorrow and a little bit into Friday, because tomorrow we're going to focus on Passover a lot. But the Feast of the Unleavened Bread is the Feast of Passover. So the disciples are saying, hey, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat? He says, go into the city. You know, all this stuff's going to happen. It does. Great. And so then the disciples prepare the Passover, and then they recline at table. So this is the Passover meal. Remember, John's is not, but Matthew's, Mark's, and Luke's is. So Jesus is at Passover now. He has not yet instituted the Eucharist. If we kept going on, this ends, this reading ends at chapter 25. If we were to go on to 26, that's when we would hear the beginning of the institution uh, narrative, okay? When Jesus takes the bread, breaks it, passes it, and says, this is my body, uh, and then does the same with the, the cup. Um, but here he's setting, he's sitting at table before they eat, and his, his heart is distressed. Remember last night how Jesus' heart was troubled? Here he says to them right away, um, it, it, when it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said. So it's almost, you know, a matter of, of fact here. Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to ask one another. So again, the dis- they were distressed in John's last night too, but it came out of Jesus' place of, of just being heartbroken. I suspect that's true here too. Matthew just simply didn't, didn't uh, talk about it. All right, so a couple of things. And then, of course, I have to read the first reading because it's so good. Um, Judas Iscariot basically picks a price and puts it on the head of Jesus. He, along with the, the head of the, the chief priest, the head of the, the council. Brothers and sisters, it's, it's like everything. I mean, we live in a capitalistic society, right, where, where virtually everything has a price. Um, I'd like to believe that our, our dignity and our integrity doesn't have that. Um, but I also don't want to be naive as well. And, uh, and unfortunately... I think so often uh, a price can be put on something, uh, whether, you know, whatever those circumstances are, that can even set aside, whether it's our own dignity. I mean, the, the young boy, right, in the prodigal son, uh, what was the price of his dignity? He was eventually feeding the pigs and longed to eat the very husks that they were eating. Um, 
And, and what was that? Because of his ego. Was he ready to go back? And finally he did say, listen, I'm either going to die here with these pigs or I'm going to go back and be a servant in my own father's house. Uh, I've really got nothing to lose. Brothers and sisters, Jesus, by one of his best friends, has a price put on his head. Now the question is, my friends, what was motivating Judas to do that? Now that's a question I cannot answer on this podcast. And, and it's a question I don't think anybody can. Uh, because unless and until we're in the mind of, of Judas, uh, we don't know the answer to that. And until we get to the kingdom, I don't know that we're going to know the fullness. Here's what I do know. Um, I, I, it makes sense to me, brothers and sisters, that either Judas had become disheartened in what and who Jesus said he was and in the mission and ministry of Jesus. And he had become so disheartened that either A, he was going to betray him because he felt like this person was uh, an imposter, right? Why else? I mean, if you were disheartened by the movement, why simply wouldn't you leave the movement, right? Doesn't that make more sense than to betray a friend? You know, he's going to say to him later, right? Judas, must you betray me with a kiss? I mean, that's, that's an intimate action between two people. And so there are many, though, who believe that Judas simply became disheartened uh, and, uh, and was wanting to leave. I don't buy that. I, I'm going to go for door number two, and that is that Judas did believe Jesus to be the Messiah. He had spent, again, whether that's one year or three years, intimately with this person, saw what he was doing, saw where the signs were pointing, listened to him. It just got a judge of the person's character, of the man's character, right? And, uh, and had a sense. I think Judas deeply believed Jesus was the Messiah. But Judas's problem was he didn't understand what Messiah was. Judas's understanding of Messiah was, now again, this is my idea. If you don't buy it, hey, fast forward. Don't, don't worry about any of this. Um, because none of, of the gospel is going to rest on my opinion. But I believe Jesus, Judas did believe. And um, when he thought, when everybody was in Jerusalem, including the Romans, by the way, in their you know, throngs and legions, um, that Jesus was going to ascend to the throne of David and that Messiah would be a physical uh, uh, ruler of the, the people, would kick the Romans out, would set up a Jewish state again that would be more powerful even than when David ruled. And, uh, and he believed, I, again, this is my contention, that Judas believed Jesus was that person, but he was distressed that Jesus was not taking those steps here while the throngs, while the crowds were gathered and the Romans in Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. And so I believe what this was doing was um, forcing Jesus' Jesus's hand. If you're not going to um, take the necessary steps to, to step into it, I'm going to. And I'm going to, to betray you, so you have to stand out, and uh, even in the midst of this imprisonment, show yourself to who you are and get the people behind you 
and ascend to that space, to that place. That's the only thing that makes sense to me uh, as to why he would have killed himself. Now, again, he could have simply been gone, gone into madness. If you've ever watched The Passion of the Christ, that's, that's Mel Gibson's understanding. Again, un- reasonable and, and artistically and beautifully done, by the way. Um, but, uh, but again, what, what was in the mind and heart of Judas? My friends, you and I won't know until we get to the kingdom. But whatever it was, whether he was disheartened um, and, uh, and literally was that disheartening had to be so much that he wanted someone to die for that, or whether he believed so strongly but felt that, that the way to go about it, that he knew better than Jesus, either one's wrong, right? Either one doesn't, doesn't hold up well when we look at Judas. Either he was wishing someone to die based on his disappointment and distress, or he wanted to play God and felt he knew better. My friends, does, do those things sound any familiar to, to you and I? I don't want to say anything about you, but, I, but I'll say about me. I know that's true of me sometimes. Oh my gosh, do I want to play God sometimes? And do I, I even find myself trying to do so? Or, or because of my own distress, my own emotions, my own issue, that I'll speak out harshly about somebody else. Well, you get the gist, my friends. Uh, and so, okay, then we go to the Passover dinner and we hear a lot of the same things that we heard last night. And reclining at table, uh, one of you will betray me, all of them saying, surely it is not I. I really do like this, um, this point here. He says, he who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. I've often thought of that as he who will dip his hand, you know, like immediately after mine. So we're all going to know. And, and again, I think that's just a poor reading that I've had for many years. I think essentially he's saying, one of you who I've broken bread with for these last years, one of you close to my company, one of you who I've opened my table to, one of you close friends will do that. Um, and just again shows that intimacy. But again, here's hope. Even at the end, here's hope. It's a curious line. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, surely it is not I, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, you have said so. Effectively, again, I've always heard that saying, I'm not going to say it's not you because we both know it is. You know, if I would have read uh, Peterson's version, Peterson says, Jesus replies, don't play games with me, Judas. Which is powerful, isn't it? But when I was preparing for this, one of the, the books that I look at looked at it this way and said, you know what, brothers and sisters, our God is so good. Our God is so good that God gives us free will, even if we're going to make poor decisions, just like Judas here was clearly doing, had already done, had already taken the 30 pieces of silver, was looking for an opportunity to betray him. But God, in God's great goodness, through the person of Jesus Christ here, even gives us a chance to change our ways and change our attitude, even up to the end. And so their reading of this, you have said so, was not Jesus trying to avoid or duck the question or Judas playing games. It was Jesus saying, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. Surely it is not I, Rabbi. You have said so. You can make it so. It is up to you. 
Brothers and sisters, God in God's wonderful goodness, the will of God extends as far as our own will, and God won't usurp that. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine being God? Because I think, again, if I go back to being Judas, I want to control things, and I step on people's will all the time. But God is like, no, I'm going to invite you. I'm going to keep inviting you right up until the end, and I'm going to keep loving you. We'll get to that come Easter, right? Even with the poor decisions you make. But I'm going to invite you out of them. I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite you. Judas doesn't take the bait. He leaves. My friends, last thing, and then uh, we'll we'll get to, to our prayers. The, the first reading, it's Isaiah 50. Now remember, we've talked about how in Isaiah, oh, Isaiah is so good. We have four portraits of the suffering servant. Be that the people of, of Israel, which, yes. Be that Jesus, which, yeah. Be that our own beings, our own selves, in, you know, baptized into the Christ, into to Jesus. Uh, and so we take on these things too. But this is the third one now. First one was 42, second one 49, third one here at 50. We're going to hear the fourth one on Good Friday. That's the most famous and extensive. But this one's pretty beautiful too. So I'm going to read, oh, a handful of chapters, or verses, excuse me. It's Isaiah 50. I'm going to start at verse 4. And he says this, The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue that I might know how to speak to the weary a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning he opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. Brothers and sisters, I mean, again, we hear this and we see Jesus all over it, which makes perfect sense. But I mean, hear that and hear a people. The Lord God has given the Jewish people, I mean, through Isaiah, through Ezekiel, through Jeremiah, through the prophets, through Moses, through, you know, Elijah, all these people, through Esther. Oh, I love Esther. The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue that I might know how to speak to the weary a word that will rouse them. Think of this now as you and I. Morning after morning, he opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled. I have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face I did not shield from buffet and spitting. But the Lord God is my help. Therefore, I am not disgraced. No matter what they do and what they say, I'm relying on the Lord God. That's my hope. Therefore, I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame, not in God's eyes. Brothers and sisters, the mission of Jesus. I mentioned yesterday the chess pieces are all in place now. Judas has chosen, chosen to betray him for whatever the reason. Um, And Jesus has chosen to love in the midst of, of what that decision of Judas will bring about for him. We're going to begin to see what that means starting tomorrow. Let's pray. 
So, my friends, we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third sorrowful mystery, the crowning of thorns. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Have a wonderful Wednesday, and we'll see you tomorrow as we begin the sacred tree. God's peace.